The enemy has no problem with you until you start believing the Bible and experiencing the Bible in the glory. Literally. They, they'll applaud you for a good stand-up citizen. Oh, you're so righteous, you're so moral, you're so awesome. But as soon as you get into the spirit of the word in the river, they will condemn you as a frickin' heretic and a false prophet. And that's true. You know, there's 26 verses in the Passion Translation that deal with bliss. God's always emphasizing every day the need for the cup of salvation. If we want to stay saved, we need to stay drinking in the river so that our brains don't turn into a dry place of every demon spirit, like the Bible says. And so in order for me to just be continuously refreshed against all the continuous persecution of the animal flesh that's self-righteous and blasphemous, I have to drink exceedingly large amounts of new wine and the Word of God every day. From the second I wake up in the morning, first thing when I wake up in the morning is I go to my computer and start listening to the Bible, start worshiping the Lord, start praying in tongues, and just start getting blasted first thing in the morning. Because you have to start out in the Spirit. His mercies are new every morning. You have to learn how to be a disciple of the river of life. This is not something you, you know already. This is something you have to train yourself out, train yourself in. Jesus' disciples were called disciples. Amen? Did you? <laughs> yeah, whoa, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, so you're a disciple, which means you're disciplined to stay in the spirit with what? Your brain. Your brain is the connection of your spirit to the natural realm, but if you're dead in sin, then guess what spirit you're bringing into the natural realm? Satan. So everyone that's not saved, not born again, brings Satan through their brain continuously, or the seven principalities of this world. They bring the world through their brain. You notice that continuously? It's just worldliness. It's like an open sewage through everyone's mouths whose hearts are not circumcised by the sword of the Spirit and the Word of God. Everyone's heart that's not circumcised is an open sewage out of the heart or the spirit the mouth speaks. So what's ever in your spirit is always coming out your mouth. So these people are full of lust, they're full of blasphemy, they're full of religion, they're full of pornography, they're full of greed and covetousness, they're full of religion, they're full of Cain, they're full of Athaliah, they're full of Apollyon, they're full of Jezebel, they're full of Delilah, they're full of the devil. <laughs> they're full of the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon. You have to be circumcised in heart and spirit to have only the throne of God and the Lamb manifesting through your spirit and out your mouth. It's a brand new discipleship thing that nobody knows anything about until after they're born again and after they start speaking in tongues. Amen. Tongues is actually the circumcision of heart. Speaking in tongues is the evidence that you've been circumcised in your spirit. It's true. Tongues is the sign of circumcision. Acts chapter 2, they all, 120, all of them spoke in tongues because they are all circumcised in their spirit. 
which means their spirit became the spirit of Jesus at Pentecost. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, you're going to be speaking other tongues from other spirits that are not the spirit of God and the Lamb of the third heaven in Zion. And that's why they speak all this negative stuff, all this blasphemous beast of the bottomless pit, all this horrible lust and filth and murder and Cain and self-righteousness. It's because they're not circumcised of heart. And if you're circumcised of heart and you speak in tongues, then you love one another and then your brain stays attached to the vine. The Gospel of John John says in his gospel that the believer's full-time job is to stay attached to the wine vine, to the vineyards of the Garden of Eden, the vineyards of his love. If your brain stays attached to Christ in you, the vineyards of his love, then you'll be constantly intoxicated, pleasured on love. It's a torrent of pleasure. They might ask you, what are you on, bro? You look high all the time. I'm on the torrent of pleasure. I'm on the river of life that sparkles. Revelation 22.1. I'm on the Holy Spirit. And they were like drunk men, and they had to explain, I'm not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Yes, God's not ashamed to compare himself to drugs and alcohol because he does 25 times in the Bible. Alcohol is a drug. And they didn't have any other drugs back then, really, except alcohol. Otherwise, he probably would have compared himself to crack and heroin and methamphetamine. But we're so religious, we're like, no, no, I'm going to stay sober-minded. Sober on the anointed-minded? You mean beast and antichrist? Unless you're in the river of life, you're not even in the Holy Spirit. And it's like, we got all this religious garbage in our brain of excuses and demonic dry place interpretations of the scripture so that we don't get baptized in our brain, so that we don't lose control of our lives to the river of life. And that's the main problem. The religious demons always tempt us to contain control of our own lives. If you start losing control to the river, that's when the accusations fly. That's when they start saying you've gone too far. That's when they start accusing you of being in a cult and a false prophet and doing everything wrong when you're just in the river and you're floating. Peter, when you were young, you did whatever you wanted to do. A young, immature Christian does whatever they think is right in their own brain. But when you're older, when you're more mature, one stronger than you will bind you and carry places you don't want to go. It's called the river of life. The river of life will break down all your control systems in your brain and carry you places you don't want to go like a crack house in the ghetto. I don't want to go to the ghetto and be shot at for 10 years and have my wife sexually uh, assaulted. Ten, for 10 years, every time she goes to her car, having verbally abused. I mean, who, who would... Lo- it's like, yes, a sucker for punishment. Masochism. No! The river takes you places you don't want to go so you can change the world by Father God's ability. It's always been that way with every missionary. I watched it with David Hogan's ministry. I watched it with Joshua Mills' ministry, going into the Arctic, going into the worst places in the world, going into Heidi Baker and going into Africa. And You don't get the refreshment. You get refreshed spiritually, but naturally you go into hell. (laughs) Amen? The anointing leads you into hell. Jesus Christ was led of the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan for 40 days. 
So the Bible says the Spirit of God led the Messiah to the devil. Why? To destroy his power and authority. The Holy Ghost will lead you to the devil and you say, Oh, it can't be God. People fight it all day long. God's going to lead me to refreshing streams, cool pastures. It's going to be so easy. It'll be easy internally as long as you stay submitted to God's plan for your life and don't get your own ideas and don't back off. Don't don't grow weary in well-doing, the Bible says, and you just stay in full pressure, pressed in, full intensity. You know, spiritual blinders, focused, Eye single, body full of light, running the race to win the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus, not distracted, not looking to the left, not looking to the right, running the race to win the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Amen. you got to stay focused because as soon as you start taking seriously the things of God, all hell will break loose. Your spouse will go crazy on you. Your kids will start pulling all your time away. And I'm telling you, you have no idea the price for revival, especially never-ending revival. Some of you do. Most of you are absolutely clueless and disopinionated. And you barely sacrifice anything. Most people haven't done anything. It's the few that save the many. Every revival there's ever been in the Bible and throughout history has started with a few people that pressed into realms of God's glory, always in the new wine. Every revival started with the new wine. There isn't one exception from Genesis to Revelation in the last 6,000 years. Every revival was based on divine intoxicating love that people broke through their brain into the glory realm. And it became an outpouring through their spirit. They didn't have all the revelation because it ended. But every revival there's ever been has been by people that have conquered their carnal mind by their spirit built up in the Word. Amen. They got a revelation. Azusa Street, William Seymour, he got a revelation of the Holy Ghost. He got a revelation of the new covenant, of tongues, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And the glory was so strong at Azusa Street in Los Angeles in 1905 to 1916 that they played hide-and-go-seek in the glory. You couldn't see your fellow brother 15 feet away because the glory cloud was so thick in that place. And the one-eyed black man, William Seymour, would take the Shekinah glory and paint body parts on people. They'd come in and they wouldn't even have arms or legs, he would actually grab parts of the cloud, just chunks of the glory cloud, and paint on body parts. I got all the Azusa Street papers every day, creative miracles. It's all about the glory, and the glory is in your spirit, Christ in you, the glory of God. It's all about circumcising your heart and overtaking your brain, getting your brain renewed to the glory of God. Satan and his angels only attack the knowledge of the glory. If you have knowledge of the Bible, you'll be applauded in self-righteousness. Listen, Satan is a self-righteous angel, a religious angel, a religious devil. You could have the whole Bible memorized and obey everything in your brain and die and go to hell. Because that's how the fallen angels are. That's how every demon is. 
The issue is if you put the Bible in your spirit and it starts to activate and become revelatory and working, you know, like an electron in a nucleus with just power and energy swirling around you and it starts hitting everything that's dead with the resurrection power of the Word of God, that's when all hell breaks loose. When you come out of the dead letter of Saul of Tarsus and become the Apostle Paul by the morning star entering your spirit, the Word of God energizing your inner man to overtake your brain. Because then your brain starts superconducting all the power of the Godhead through your brain into the earth from within your spirit. Your spirit was created as a sheet of paper. It's a blank slate. And whatever words are written on your spirit is what your brain creates into the natural dimension. It's creative. This is a superconductor. The brain is a superconductor of your spirit man. Most people's spirit have all kinds of coding on it that's not from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins is having all the coding of every word of mom, dad, friends, ancestors, religious people, the world, past, history, anything that's ever happened to you, all of it constantly washed in your spirit by the blood of the Lamb. That's what keeps your spirit crystal clear. And then the Father's Word is written on the scroll of your spirit, and the Spirit and the angels then begin to work within the written Word of God on your spirit through your brain, creating the kingdom of heaven into the natural dimension. That's how the kingdom advances, by the Spirit, and by the blood, and by the Word called the river of life. And it all works in the hidden person of the heart. Who can see the heart? God sees the heart. The prophets see the heart. The apostles see the heart. Everyone in the Spirit sees the heart. And don't you know, fallen angels see the heart. Demons do see the heart. They know if you're fake or real. Seven sons of Sceva. Paul, Paul I've heard about. I know Jesus. But who are you? Come out in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. See, the demons knew Paul. The demons know the ones that are real. The demons all knew Jesus because he had defeated hell, but hell's still working. Why? Because Jesus then came in to the 120 in the upper room, loaded us up with his spirit, his word, and his blood to clean out all the nation's spirit life and to rewrite the coding on their spirit to renew their brains to manifest heaven on earth. That's our job after we're born again, to use the word, the spirit, and the blood. And these three are in agreement. Amen? These three are in agreement on earth. Amen? In heaven we have the throne of God and the Lamb. On earth we have the Spirit, the blood, and the Word. That's all you need to recreate all nations, tribes, and tongues into the perfect holy nation of New Jerusalem or Israel. The new Israel. It is a new Israel. The new Israel is the new covenant Israel. There's an Israel mentioned several times. It's everyone who is attached to the vine is the Israel of God. Galatians chapter 6, you are the spiritual Israel of God. Uh, Revelation, you are the Israel of God, the 12 tribes of Israel. Is it Jews and Gentiles? Yes, it's every nation, tribe, and tongue. There are many Jews, many Gentiles, many Arabs, many Americans. I mean, it's just the whole planet, one new man. Amen? 
one new man, one man called the body of Christ, whose entire being is filled with the river of life, with the spirit and the word and the blood. And so, and everyone who's in the body of Christ is a star, a light. Let your light shine. That light is a star. Your spirit is a star. It is true. And it can grow to be brighter than the noonday sun. The issue is when your spirit starts growing in the word and in the spirit and in the blood and you begin to overtake the brain and you begin to blot out other people's solar systems, other people's influence in their hearts and in their brains, that's when you're taking on the principalities of this world, the seven mountains that the Horror Babylon rides the seven-headed beast of all carnality, of all the beasts, the false prophet, and the red dragon. When your spirit life gets big enough, it confronts all spirit life on earth. So feasting actually grows your spirit to confront every evil spirit. And there are millions of evil spirits. I heard their number. It was 200 million. Revelation chapter 9. So you don't have just a couple enemies. You have hundreds of millions of enemies written about in the book of Revelation. Hundreds of millions. Not a small number. You've never seen a 200 million person demonic army who wants to program your spirit life with lies so that you never know who you are in Christ and you go around beat up and bleeding and naked, which means ashamed with no authority, no confidence, like the seven sons of Sceva. Hallelujah! But once you have the Word of God written on your spirit, and you've seen it work over and over again like King David, you've tested it with the lion, you've tested it with the bear, you know you're going to take down Goliath because you can see the anointing working through your life. This is not blind faith. This is knowing God face to face inside your body. Great faith. It's going to take the faith of God to move these seven mountains and cast them into the sea of sapphire. <laughs> the prophetic ocean of the living word. The chief mountain, Jesus Christ, chief of all the seven mountains, dissolving and being absorbed in the last days. The seven mountains are all brains disconnected from the mountain that burns with the anointing oil. One mountain to absorb seven mountains. These seven mountains are the abilities of the brain separated from the Holy Spirit. 100% facts. That's the ability of man's brain in partnership with all the fallen angels and all the demons. That's what Babylon the Great is. And then Mount Zion comes up and the people, the holy people of God, arise and consume the seven mountains with unquenchable fire of divine love. Because divine love and holy fire melts out all spiritual wickedness in the brain and the influence in the brain and the influence in the spirit. It all burns. The only issue for us Christians that know the Word, that know the Spirit, and know the power of the blood is burning in a brightness that burns out and melts out all the wickedness of Babylon the Great. And we can do it. We're programmed to do it. You might not have faith for it, but it works. You get a taste of this anointing. You get a taste of the power of the Scriptures. What did Jesus Christ say? He said to the Pharisees, you don't know the Scriptures are the power of God. But what? They knew the Scriptures. In order to be a Pharisee, you had to have half the Bible memorized. So they did not know. They didn't have intimacy with the Scriptures. They didn't have the power of the Scriptures. It wasn't angelic. 
it wasn't real. It was just a dead letter. They were like Satan. They were religious devils. They had it in their brain, but they didn't know the scriptures. You could have the whole Bible in your brain. You don't know the scriptures until it's mixed with your spirit and you come into the experience of the rhema word, the revelatory word. And then it starts working with power. Then it starts hitting people with angels. Then the river of life, people start to feel it. That's the evidence of intimacy with the Word of God. King of kings and Lord of lords. The bride of Christ is married to the Word of God. King of kings and Lord of lords. Apart from intimacy with the Word of God, you'll never get anywhere as a Christian. You can only burn brighter to the amount of His Word you have written on the tablets of your hearts. Your spirit is a tablet, according to Hebrews. Now we have to remove every lie you believe in your hearts. Lies about money. That's probably the main one. Provision. Money is one of the main things God the Father is dealing with now and all Christians in the world. Because there's so much fear, so much idolatry, and so little understanding and so little revelation. And it's not going to be weird. It's going to be Genesis chapter 2. There was gold on the banks of the river. Idolatry is the golden image or the mark of the beast, the 666. And that's so much money the Queen of Sheba brought to Solomon annually. And where is it? It's in the brain. You cannot have revival without the money in people's brain being offered into the glory of God. In the Old Testament, the silver and the gold was dedicated to the temple first before the Ark of Glory was brought into the temple. The silver and gold come in first to the temple. Then the glory comes. That's been the prescription for every revival there's ever been. Hallelujah. What stops revival? If someone has personal revival, the only thing Satan can do to shut it down is to cut off finances. You need to understand that. That's the only attacks against me there's ever been in our ministry for 13 years. Because I've been in personal revival like a fireball for 13 years. And Satan has shut down 99% of our viewers so that about 15 people alone support this ministry. That's how bad it is. And we're very thankful for those numbers and for the people that donate. We thank you. We love you. We bless you. You are so blessed. You have stood with us in the midst of a horrendous persecution and misunderstanding and against all the principalities of Babylon the Great. You are highly rewarded. The issue is coming into an understanding that you have to give into the glory of God in order to have revival. It's not optional. There will not be revival until all the wealth of America is brought into the light of the morning star. And the morning star is the brightness of Christ within the priest kings that stand on the top of Mount Zion and sing the song of Moses. Number one evidence that Satan has shut you down is that you stop donating. That's the number one evidence that the devil has shut you down and you stop donating. Because then the idols just stop. The waters stop. There's no giving. There's no river. The brain becomes an idle, an idle place, a dry place, a swamp. It's true 100% of the time. You cannot stop giving and still be in revival. Revival is all about giving everything God has given you to others constantly and especially in the strong glory of God because that's what will bring a greater glory. 
where you sow, there you grow. That's the truth. And it's not about living the lifestyles of the rich and famous, although everyone in heaven lives that lifestyle. It's not about, you know, abusing wealth. It's about revival. It's about the glory of God. It's about breaking the devil's back, the back of poverty and the back of religion. If you break the back of poverty and religion, you will have floods of creative glory that will create wealth through all human spirits and all human brains constantly society-wide and we have not stepped into it yet because we don't believe the word. We don't believe it's possible. We're going to break into that realm and show them the ability of the Creator, the ability of people that are not idolatrous, that sacrifice the beast and the sense and the reason of their carnal mind to the abilities of the river of life and filled with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Creator always creates with more glory. And the only way you cut yourself off from the greater glory is you hold on to yesterday's glory and it becomes a fading glory and it dies. That's how every revival died. They held on to something that was good. I'm good with that level. And they couldn't go any further. They got scared. No one's ever been this far. If we go any farther, we might lose what we had yesterday. Mm -mm. You keep going deeper, you keep going further, you keep advancing the glory, this taste of glory, we go deeper in the glory, and the glory gets stronger, it gets richer, it gets bolder, it gets more fiery, it begins confronting everything wrong in everyone's hearts, it begins burning up human flesh, it begins transfiguring human brains, and removing all spiritual wickedness from all nations, tribes, and tongues. It's the people that go into the deepest depths of the glory that hit the mark of the high calling and drown the world in the hundredfold glory realm. That all civilization will be underwater in the liquid love of Jesus Christ. And it will absolutely transfer all power and all wealth from the tops of the seven mountains to the holy people of the Most High God who obey God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in their hearts perfectly in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow. If you want to support this ministry, donate at RedLetterMen.com. Amen. Glory.